This is Ox Return, and we're super, super excited to have Hurt Valley in to play a couple songs and talk about recording their record, Glacial Pace. But before we talk about any of that, we're going to play a little bit of music, we'll jump right into two tunes back to back. What are we playing first, Brian? Uh, we're going to play a song called Keepsake Ruin. This is Hurt Valley on Ox Return.
I've been listening to this record pretty much nonstop since it came out in, in early December. Glacial Pace kind of gives, the name alone gives the feeling of the record that, that this record gives me. Um, can you talk anything about the name of the record and, and what that means to you? Yeah, the, the, the name of the record is mostly because of like how long it took to make. How long was that? Like a few years. What what uh, what uh, caused that? Uh, just living in an apartment in Los Angeles. It's hard to just play music whenever you want to. Sure. Just just because of the small space and just trying to get things done at home. Yeah, and you have to coordinate with your neighbors if you can, mm. you know, play drums or. Do you go? You walk next door and say, "Hey, I'm going to be playing from." 
noon to three. So, like, you guys got to get the fuck out of here and not make any noise. <laughs> well, I don't have any leverage in in, that, in this scenario at all because I'm the one making the noise. Uh, but, yeah, it's like the, the people that live upstairs from me. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the only other neighbors are, like, next door. But you got to be considerate. Sure. And not be a dick. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've I've gotten I've gotten complaints before a lot of mixing at home, yeah. you know. But I chose my apartment out specifically because there's only one shared wall, aside from the people below me, right? You know, put the speakers on the wall that doesn't share with anybody. It's a stairwell, so who's going to complain there? Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, you just do what you what you can when you're able to. So did you did you do a lot of this record at home, like when you had a chance, or did you go to studios and? and no, the the whole thing is recorded in my apartment. Amazing, yeah. Uh, congratulations! It it sounds it sounds amazing, and anybody who hasn't heard it yet must must go listen to this record front to back. It's it's a front to back record to me, but there's but there seems to be a break in the middle. There's an A and a B side. Definitely. Was that a, a conscious thought? Um, I think I started with like 20 songs uh-huh. that I picked as being finished. Uh, and then what ended up on the record were like 10 of those songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if there is really... I just tried to pick the songs that seemed to go well together. And then the 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 sides of the record, I thought like the first side was kind of like the '70s mm-hmm. singer songwriter side. Neil Young is it, is what I got. Yeah, I got Russ Never Sleeps like pretty hard. Yeah, like I was listening to a lot of Todd Rundgren mm-hmm. and Linda Ronstadt. Totally. Uh, and I think that's what kind of informed the whole. A or you know the, the where where is the break because I don't own a I don't own a copy yet. Oh, so the the first side um, ends with a song called "Be the Lighthouse." Oh, really? Yeah, and then like the second side starts with this song called "Del Amo." Okay, yeah, that's where I thought it would be. Yeah. Okay. And so then that whole second side of the record is my version of like psychedelic folk um mm-hmm. yeah were the were the sides uh did you work on recording like each side at one period of time or i mean you said it was over the course of 3 years were there all the songs kind of getting worked on at the same time or did you kind of do one side or one song at a time or um no all those songs were done pretty much Randomly, just mm. on weekends and nights, and like that, I like I said, like when I if I could play the drums, that kind of dictated a lot of mm-hmm. like if the song got recorded. That's surprising to hear because I definitely I feel like I hear a an era in that first side, and then a and then something else in in the second era, and and I want to talk more about what those two differences were, but let's jump into another tune. And uh, and then we can come back and talk about that. Cool. What's this next tune? Um, I think we're gonna tune sure. for a minute. 
This is uh, Hurt Valley on Ox Return. Hurt Valley with Bothers. So the record came out early December uh, with Woodist. What, what is your connection with those guys over there, Jeremy? 
how did that connection get made? Um, and what what part did they take in in releasing this record? Uh, well, yeah, Woodsist uh, released the record on the label. We did uh, just 500 copy run of the vinyl record, and I just cold called Jeremy. Really, really, yeah. And did you have the record done? And yeah, just like listen to this. <clears throat> yeah, like I, like I said before in the beginning when we were talking about like having like 20 songs. Mm-hmm. I sent him a couple, and then he wrote me back and was in, you know, said, sounds good. And he did he give you a budget to work with, or was it? Oh, no. No. No, because I had already been recording all the songs just at, at my... Uh, Leisure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's really it. It's not often that a band or an, an artist comes out of the gates with a full LP, Um was the I? I know that you released two singles, but they're on this record. Was there ever a plan to shorten that to an EP? Or no, w- n- no, no. We decided. Um, Did you make that decision on your own? No. When when Woods said uh, like, "Cool, sounds good." Mm-hmm. Uh, we I think the whole time we were thinking of a you know thirty to forty minute long LP. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, it does work. It works as an LP really well, um, and I and I can't wait to get my my copy. I think it's ar- it's already in the mail. It should be shipping soon. Oh, well, that's awesome. I would I would just brought one over. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, aside from obviously the song choice, but what was the other decision to have it pressed to vinyl opposed to just having digital? Uh, because I think it's a vinyl record. Like I, I agree with in, that. Yeah. In my brain, I guess. I just heard it as being played on a, you know, turntable. Um, I'm a avid record listener. Mm-hmm. Like at home, I just, it's like my preferable way to listen to music. And so when I was recording these songs too, they were all just, every one of these songs pretty much was recorded with just like microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of lend themselves to vinyl format, I think. Sure. Uh, uh, who, who, did you have it mastered? Yes. Uh, who did um, that? His name is Timothy Stolenwork, hmm. and, uh, he's a great mastering engineer. Does he live here? Uh, he, he's based in Portland. Okay. Um, but he's a... Really, really good uh, mastering engineer. And more and more these days, songs are being recorded by people like not in a professional studio. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, I could talk for hours complaining about digital just getting slapped onto discs. And then you go, like, that's the one thing you go out and buy. And then if it's not mastered properly for vinyl, you're just basically getting a digital copy that just sounds worse because yeah. it's on a, on a turntable. So. Yeah, so that was the cool thing about this record is that it was mastered intentionally to be on vinyl. Um, and then there's another like mix of it just for the uh, the digital. Is there a different it. mix or is it just a different master? It's a different um, 
mastering basically Mm -hmm. so like one is mastered for vinyl and the other one's just mastered for whoever's listening to it on a iphone yeah because you get away with a bunch more on iphone stuff and then vinyl you don't want the you know stylus skipping and all that all that jazz yeah yeah and And mono the bass yeah yeah and we did um we only did a couple of passes on the mastering i like the way it sounds i don't know uh what it sounds like to anybody else but I think it sounds pretty good. Did did you mix it yourself too? I did. You did. Yeah. So did were you getting points or like uh, tips on like what to do in the mix so it'd be able to be mastered properly? Actually, no. When I when we sent it off to mastering, it was pretty much done, hmm. and I didn't do a lot of. I really didn't do a lot of EQing to uh, most of the songs. Just kind of left them flat. And mm. you're talking about your mix bus. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I thought they sounded good like that. And then when when it when the mastering passes came back, I, I thought it sounded really good. So could you tell what he was doing EQ wise on, on that mix bus? And would you have made those decisions those decisions yourself? No, because I don't have the same kind of equipment that a mastering engineer has. Sure. Um, what what are you listening on when you're mixing at home? Uh, just kind of pretty standard studio monitors. Have um, like Rocket Fives mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh, a smaller pair of um, like Yamahas. The ones with like the white cone. Sure, NS10s. Yeah. I mean, it already sounds amazing. You're telling me it's mixed on Rocket Fives. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't even – like when I record songs, I don't even use a mixer or anything. It's just all the microphones. Really? Yeah. How what's – the, what's the testing process, like your process on finally getting like the microphone in the right spot? It's just uh, like you just spend a day doing it. Okay. And then like you got to like record it and then listen back to the song and see if it sounds good, you know, like a day or two later. Give your mm-hmm. ears who, some like space. Who played on the record? Was it? Is it all? Is it all you? Yeah. Sorry. Every single Again. thing. Yeah. Not a single thing was played by another human. <laughs> no. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is actually really impressive, uh, and especially saying like you know and 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 recorded by and mixed by. And like you know, you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke, but it's also like you always like you always hear like just mic it better, you know, and and to hear that this is such an organic record is kind of refreshing to hear because you know, like Tristan and I, we don't want to admit it, but sometimes we get a little lazy, and you know, we'll just fix it later, you know, EQ it or something, but to actually just go in and find the sound with the mic is, is kind of impressive. Yeah, but if you have the whole day to spend yeah. on it, and you're like in your own house. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's kind of like cooking. I'm like, does this taste good? Yeah. Yeah, it's like us with the sessions that we do. Like, it's there's a deadline, so just get it up, get sound, make, yeah. it, make it better. And some people are going to be like, this tastes like shit. But nobody would, I mean, nobody would know because it's for you. And they wouldn't tell you to your face. Right, because right. you're not having a, a recording party, like a right. dinner party. You're just, right. you're by yourself in your apartment. And you're hoping the neighbors are going to not come home. <laughs> or if they do, they're not going to like bang, you know, knock on the door or something and say like, what are you doing? And then that will like mess up the whole, the whole 
whole song. Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Like the guilt of like disturbing them for some reason. It's like, ah, oh, am I an asshole? Or of yeah, course you yeah, are. You are. Yeah, yes, you're not. But it's only like 80 dB. It's not that loud. <laughs> As we were setting up, uh, we we put. Um, there's only one ribbon in the room, but you mentioned that most of the record was ribbons. Yes. Um, most mostly cascade. Cascade microphones. Um, That's pretty much the, that whole record. Vocals too? No, um, the ribbons don't translate real good for vocals, but um, most of the vocals are done on an AKG, like super cardioid. Um, I think they're called perception. Like oh, the, I know that. Perception 200? Yeah. Yeah, it's blue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so most of the vocals are on that. It's like really crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Not and, colored. No. Um, and then, yeah, everything else is just microphones. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. Cool. It sounds so good. Well, thank you. I mean, it's really so nice of you to say that. What so? What format was the record recorded to? You mentioned Logic when we were in the control room. Yeah, is, is no, it all Logic. Yeah, it's all Logic. Okay. Um, I've used a bunch of different. Um, I think when you're you're by yourself, Logic lends really well to arranging, as opposed to Pro Tools, that is great at great at recording and you know not not a great songwriting tool or arranging tool. No, but I I think the reason why I keep going with Logic is because they the 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 kind of like stock plugins mm-hmm. I I really like a lot. The effects I remember I I used to work in Logic more often, but I I remember the effects being very good. Um, I don't know if they're the good reverb, or not. Yeah, I the just... reverb was good, um, and the delay was much better than any stock Avid. Yeah, thing. it and, always just seemed more like intuitive. You know what I mean? Like it would, it would have. It already has what your intention to do is like kind of ingrained in it. So if you don't want to dick around with, you know, setting a plugin, it just it's there. Whereas Pro Tools comes just whatever, you know. Yeah, but also it, it's just something that you become familiar with. Yeah, and so then you just kind of stick with that. We're well, not going to switch it all up and go to Luna. Yeah, or like <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, I'm just going to do field recordings from now on and. <laughs> Just uh, do that. Get a DR40 microphone. Yeah, or like I'll start carrying around like a microphone and like a windsock. Uh huh. And a Taz can mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, and then like I'll just put that into like Ableton, or I don't know. People yeah. do that. Maybe it's cool. I'm picturing like hiking out to a campground with an acoustic guitar to do this. Uh huh. Or like just looking for like a coyote. <laughs> like he's gonna make a sound. He's like. Walking by, or so it's just what you know. If that's what you know, that's agree. You'll make an yeah, awesome agreed. coyote uh, song track <laughs> sound. Where does the royalty check get sent? <laughs> but you could just be like, I know how to use this thing, and then be like, I can make a song yeah. or. A radio show. <laughs> sure. Let's uh, let's jump into another tune. We're here with uh, Hurt Valley on Ox Return. What are we playing up next? Um, we're going to play the title track off this record called Geology Dreamer. Geology Dreamer. 
first geology dreamer. Uh, we have Hurt Valley here on Ox Return. Uh, why don't you tell us who's in the studio with you today? I'd love to do that. <laughs> on the bass is Jen Quinley. And on the drums is Jess McIntosh. And uh, how long how long you guys been uh, playing together in the band? Um, if you guys had to guess in the control room, I know this already. So. <laughs> I was told. I would say you guys were born playing together. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> oh, you guys are too nice. Um, we've been playing since November. Got it. So just a couple months. So you had in your mind these are the people that are going to be playing this record once it's out? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I didn't think I could find anybody to play with. <laughs> so this is... You said you reached out to Bruce Springsteen earlier before we got went on the air, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, that the, was a joke. The no, no calls. <laughs> the boss doesn't call. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was busy. I think uh, there seem to be a lot of records that have come out recently that have, um, I what I'd call like the sonic equivalent to uh, an Instagram filter. I think Glacial Pace has this atmosphere and this feeling of mid-70s rock and roll that is so authentic as opposed to these uh, many many of these records that are coming out that that do feel like it, it's some sort of Instagram filter. Um, was was that a conscious choice in making the record and and how how the record sounded? Were you listening to those records from the mid-70s and trying to emulate those sounds? Uh, no. 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 Um, I just think, like, when you like something, it percolates through you in some way, whether it's, like, music or reading a book or... Yeah, you start you know. talking like the author. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but not, none of that was, like, intentional. But I guess when I listened back to the songs, I just thought, Oh, this is kind of like like seventies AM music. Mm. Um, like when you're working on the record, do you have things that you like intentionally listen to, or do you listen to the, like mu different music, or or do you kind of just stay with whatever you're already listening to, and whatever gets absorbed at that point just organically comes out? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Because you know you hear that argument sometimes, like "Oh, be careful what you listen to," which I hate that argument uh, because they're like, "Oh, it's going to influence whatever craft you're making." I don't know. Like, I I think people that are, uh, I think people that like music will listen to just any kind of music. Um, that my music consumption, I don't think, had a lot to do with the way that this record sounds, hmm. uh, and like. Additionally, like the the way this band sounds doesn't sound like the record sounds, or I yeah, I, I, this this is very different than the record. Yeah, um, uh, so in, in a very cool way. Yeah, so I think everything is just its own thing, and it doesn't need to be overanalyzed. Right. Um, especially by me, I guess is what I mean, because I can I have a bad habit of. Uh, so sorry for feeding into that. <laughs> No, I just like can really fixate on things, and I, I think a lot of like musicians and artists and 
people that are inclined to make something do that. Yeah. You know, like a Overthink. carpenter will mm-hmm. be like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> like well, a, <laughs> this is the wrong U, U joint in this sink. Exactly. The plumbing of this sink. Like measure twice, cut once. There's something to be said about like having having that full control and having being the jury judge and executioner on on those sorts of decisions. It results. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you guys have microphones. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about this on the way down. We were. Huh. Wait, talk to the talk to the. What 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 were you guys talking about in the car? This this having full control. Yeah, just uh, when control can be uh, in the service of making good music, and when it can be um, an obstacle. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean there are those people. I, I mean, like Brian Collins or Sufjan comes to mind. Like he's just non. He he does everything. He engineers and mixes his records and would not be surprised if he would... I know that he sends his stuff to people to master, but... Um, yeah, those those sorts of artists uh, are are always very particular. Right, and I we, just, we just want to be a band that uh, is ultimately pro-democracy and <laughs> not pro-fascism. <laughs> so control is a, is a very hot topic. Mm. Between the three of you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, Jess is right. <laughs> we try to be very democratic about this. Usually our band practices last for like eight hours. Or longer. Um, that sounds a little fascist. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's, no. very, it's very joyful. Because nope. we're all stopping and saying like, what do you think? <laughs> and you get a half hour break. And if you go over those eight hours, then the band gets paid time and a half, right? No, we're not getting paid at all. We're just... <laughs> We're just there for they get uh, time and a half karma points. I think uh, I think we're gonna play one more song um, and then and then uh, head out. But uh, what's next for Hurt Valley? Are there new songs coming, or is there a new record planned for maybe a, a year from now? Or are there, are you guys gonna play some shows and support the record? Hmm, those are a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes to all of that. No, that wouldn't be fair. Um, I don't. I don't really know where this is going. If I'm being honest, which I am. So uh, right now is probably like our our first show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I said probably. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for. Uh... Thanks for debuting. First, yeah, yeah, debuting Hurt uh, Valley's Glacial Pace on uh, on Oxford Turn. The record's out. Where can they? Where can where can our listeners go and buy your record? Um, there's I think a copy at Amoeba in there's Hollywood. There's definitely a copy at Amoeba. If anybody wants I, to, I saw it on Rough Trade, and it's online. Um, it's pretty much like anywhere online. And you can just listen to it for free on like Bandcamp and Spotify. Well, I want to thank I want to thank you guys so much for for coming out and playing songs and talking with us on a on a Friday night, no less. And we want to thank you too. You guys have been so sweet and uh, really good, true professionals. 
on Thank a rainy you. night. This yeah. is uh, this is Ox Return, and you've been uh, listening to our conversation and music from Hurt Valley. All right, what uh, what song are we hearing up next? Uh, okay, guys, uh, thanks again for for doing this, dudes. So, um, thank thank you so much for coming out. Uh, it, it's definitely making my record records of the year, and thank you for making it. Well, thanks a lot, man. I'm, I mean that, and uh, thanks for your time engineering all this stuff. Uh, this is the last song on the record, so makes sense to play that one as the last one in the uh, for this recording. It's called Immaterial Worlds, uh, and we'll try to keep it to like about ten minutes or so. <laughs> Like you. 
the album's glacial pace. Thanks again, guys, for coming out. Um, if you want to get the album, it's out now. Uh, they could just Google it, and you'll find it somewhere. Um, please like and subscribe to our, our podcast, Ox Return, uh, anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Go like us on social media, on Instagram, Ox Return, A-U-X underscore R-T-N, uh, on Facebook, A-U-X R-T-N, all one word, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Yeah, and do keep in mind, if you are listening to the podcast, that we do stream this live and it's super fun to hang out and listen in. Maybe one day we'll have a chat room and people can bark at us. Yeah. Once while we, we... And if you want to sponsor this too so we get that chat room, then, you know. <laughs> right. All right. Thanks a bunch, you guys.